This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Hello and welcome to the Farm Traveler Podcast. Today is episode 11 and we actually have another podcast on our podcast. So it's like podcastception a little bit. Our guest today is The Modern Acre and their hosts, Tim and Tyler Nuss. So we're going to talk to them about their podcast, why they started The Modern Acre. And their little tagline is that it's all about bringing together farmers and ag entrepreneurs to help innovate their businesses. And they're going to walk us through why they started their podcast, what are some things they're doing to help build their brand. So it's a really cool conversation. And don't forget that we are still celebrating our 10th episode of the podcast, so we're doing the Yeti giveaway. If you follow us on Facebook or Instagram, you've seen it. So you have until July 3rd, or basically the release of the 15th episode. That's when we're going to announce the winner. To enter, you've got to do two things. Follow our Instagram page, which is farm underscore traveler, and then leave a review on our iTunes page of the podcast. So give it four or five stars or whatever, but more importantly, write a review. To be entered in the contest, you have to actually write a review on iTunes. Just go to iTunes, search Farm Traveler, and boom. Again, this is episode 11 with Tim and Tyler Nuss of the Modern Acre podcast. Hope you enjoy it, and thanks for listening. Welcome to the Farm Traveler Podcast, Tim and Tyler Nuss. How are you guys doing? Doing, doing great. great. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> so you We're guys, so in sync. Oh, I mean, you, you guys must be brothers, right? <laughs> <laughs> so you guys are from the Modern Acre Podcast, and we'll get into that in a little bit. But you guys are, are part of a fifth-generation farm family. So walk us through you guys' backgrounds. Yeah, so Tyler and I grew up in Lodi, California, um, northern part of the state, a little bit south of Sacramento. Our Family farms out in the the Delta region, nice diverse agricultural region in California, um, about 800 acres. So we kind of grew up um, on the family farm. We 
we lived in town, but we were quite involved growing up, like working in, in the packing shed and working out on the farm, doing various farm tasks. So kind of grew up cutting our teeth in, in agriculture. Whatever odd jobs our, our dad would have us do. What, what exactly did y'all grow on your family farm? Yeah, so we grow a variety of just kind of annual row row crop vegetables, more specialty crops. So in the ground this year, we have garlic, corn, tomatoes, cucumbers, and sunflowers. So, so Tim, you currently work in the produce industry, right, as, as a buyer and procurer? I do. I work for an ag tech company called Harvestport, which is an inputs procurement company that's, that's working in the space uh, procuring inputs for growers. So it's been fun to get back involved in the farming side of the business. I spent the first 10 years of my career kind of in the sales and marketing side of the produce space focused on exports overseas. So it's a little bit of a change for me, but it's been really fun. I can imagine. That's really cool. And, and Tyler, you, you worked for Apple, right, in, um, in supply chain management? Yeah, that's right. Um, after college, uh, yeah, started my career at Apple, uh, working on uh, procuring capital equipment for the iPhone. So I was buying the test and assembly equipment on our manufacturing lines. That's really cool. So how exactly did you guys bring to the table what you've learned in your careers to this podcast to help kind of grow the podcast? Yeah, it's a good question. I mean, Tyler and I have stayed in close contact as we've kind of started our careers and just bouncing ideas back and forth. We've always just had a really strong interest in business and agriculture specifically. So we just found ourselves kind of brainstorming at night and sharing articles about different what different ag companies were doing and new innovations in the space. So we just started brainstorming that there didn't seem to be a place um, where people were talking about kind of the articles that we were sharing back and forth and thought there was a need for it. Let's talk more about your podcast, Modern Acre. It's on iTunes, Spotify, everywhere where podcasts can be found. And your tagline's really cool. You're all about bringing together farmers and ag entrepreneurs to kind of innovate their businesses. So how exactly, what kind of inspired you guys to make the podcast? It was exactly that. Um, we, we felt like there wasn't a great place for the next generation kind of that were taking over farms, that were building businesses in, around agriculture to come together, to connect, to learn from each other. And so that was like to mention where the idea of the Modern Acre came from. And we felt like the best way to really deliver valuable content to our audience was through a podcast. Um, so, you know, we had started with social media channels and we're kind of haphazardly doing that. But the podcast is really the the vehicle um, to to get um, us out there and connect with people. And so every week we're interviewing someone in the ag space, be it a farmer who's doing something innovative and different on his farm or an ag tech company founder um, to people that are professionals in the industry. So the goal each week is no matter who we interview, whether they're on or off the farm, for our listeners to take away something that's valuable and an insight to the industry that they can apply to their own area. You're on your 66th episode, right? Yep. <laughs> so that, that's awesome. So, so this is going to be, I think, like our 15th episode or something like that. So we have 10 episodes published now. So I've been through a lot of growing pains kind of starting the podcast. What are some growing pains that you guys had, like when you started the podcast? What kind of bogged you down at the beginning? What are some lessons you've learned in the past 66 weeks that your podcast has been going on? Where do we start? <laughs> yeah, you, you, a, can, you can start, Tim. Yeah, it's a, it's a good question. Definitely a, a labor of love. It's a, it's a side hustle for Tyler and I. So um, putting in long, long nights and afternoons, putting, putting effort in the podcast to make sure we're getting good quality guests on the show and making sure we're, we're putting a lot of effort into it to make sure it's valuable for our listeners. 
Yeah, I mean, what I would add to that is it's it is just consistency is is the hardest part. Putting out a, I'm sure you know this, Trevor. Putting out a podcast each week is it's a challenge. We both have families, we both have our our day jobs, and so to do that um, while you know remaining um, nice to each other sometimes after a long day um, is it's it's hard, but it's it's been really rewarding, a lot of fun. You know, you kind of go through ups and valleys, and I'm sure you've experienced this or, or will of where, you know, it, it's hard to kind of get it out and put it out there. But um, we're, we're really happy we've made it this far and it uh, feels like we're just getting started. So what's it been like working as brothers? I mean, to me, it seems like you have double the working power, double the mind power behind all this. So that, what's that been like? Yeah, it's been really fun. Tyler and I have talked a little bit about the podcast jokingly. When we we grew up, we were we were always at odds when we were when we were young kids, and we've kind of formed a, a stronger relationship as we've we've grown up and gotten through college. Tyler's actually going to be the the best man in my wedding here on June first, so it's it's cool to see how we've we've bonded and become better connected. And yeah, it's fun working with with your brother and someone that you share that close connection with, and we both have very aligned kind of priorities and how we look at look at business. So it's been really fun. Is your wedding going to be recorded for like an extra an extra episode that you guys may put out there? Hasn't been discussed, but I don't think we're going to do any bo- any bonus content of the wedding. Maybe maybe an Instagram post. Hey, there you go, there you go. That could work. So, what's it been like for you guys to to build a brand and to build a following? Like, what are some strategies you guys have had? What's something that's kind of really captivated your audience? Yeah, it's a good question, and it's something we've actually spent a lot of time thinking about. Um, the whole concept of building a brand versus building a company or building a product. Um, we've been very intentional about how we've built the Modern Acre and even from things like our logo. Um, we try to be very different from the normal ag business, which is your traditional green logo, um, usually has a leaf or something in it, right? Um, so, but we try to go against that and be different. So we've really been strategic about how we've built a brand um, to try to stand out. And we feel that building a brand over the long haul um, will will really benefit our business. We're not we're not really focused on monetizing or anything like that. We're focused on delivering valuable content. Um, and I think on top of the brand, you know, we're really targeting the next generation, like we said. And so we like to be fun and relatable um, and really thinking um, differently about business. Um, we, we like to, um, a lot of our listeners are entrepreneurial and that's really kind of the focus of the show and the brand. I may have to take a few notes on your on your branding because our logo is green. It's got some vegetables in it, so we might have to take a few notes on that. Um, hey, it, it's a, it's effective, Trevor. Don't let me sway you. <laughs> That's true. Uh, so let's talk more about your guests. You guys have had a huge list of guests on. You've had some people that have been on Shark Tank. You've had um, urban agriculturalists. You've had some people making fruit subscription boxes, which is a super cool idea. Um, walk us through like some of some really cool interviews you guys have had and some things you've learned along the way. Yeah, we've been very fortunate to have some really, really good guests on. Um, most of them just come out of curiosity and kind of the the research that Tyler and I are doing in the industry where we're coming across articles of interesting companies or individuals doing really cool things in the space and just reaching out to them and letting them know what, what we're doing. And the response has been been overwhelmingly uh, positive on that. So, I mean, we've had had some really great ones. Jay Hill was one of my favorites, um, a farmer in, in West Texas that is doing a lot of innovative things and very active on social media and has grown very small acreage to a lot of large acreage in a number of years. So he's, he's very driven and has a lot of companies in the works. So that was a really fun one for us. 
I don't. I personally don't know a whole lot about entrepreneurship. I know that Gary V is just this huge name going on right now in the industry. What are some trends you guys have seen with ag entrepreneurship? Something that immediately comes to mind is with with the dawn of the internet, and Gary V even talks about this. Um, I think people in ag have more than ever a closer connection to the end user, to the customer. Um, so I think the ability to to bring products direct to consumer, to remove uh, nodes within the supply chain, that's really interesting to us. And things we're even thinking about on our on our family's farm um, is how do we how do we bring the value of of growing the crops, the produce, and and deliver that to a to the customer. Um, so I think that we're thinking a lot about that, and I think that's a that's a big trend. And it's interesting, right? Farms. 50 years ago, um, you were limited to your your customer, right? It was it was local. It was farmers markets. Um, it's whoever would buy kind of in your local area. But now with the internet, with social media, with things like this, you can have a much wider reach, um, even global reach, um, which is which which is pretty awesome and I think very cool for agriculture. The more farmers we talk to, they're kind of like the young up and coming farmers or farmers that have been around for about 10, 20 years, and all of them that are using social media, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. They've all said that they've cultivated such a large following because people want to learn more about where their food comes from. Like they want to see a dairy farmer that is showing all the pictures of their cows, all the picture of the calves that they just birthed. So it's really cool that farmers are using social media to show that message to consumers because that's where they all are. So tell me, what's your overall goal going to be for the Modern Acre? Um, I think, like Tim mentioned, we're really entrepreneurial. So it's always kind of been um, through the business lens, right? We want to grow a successful business. Uh, we've had a very long-term strategic approach to it. Um, and, and that's what I was saying earlier about we really just want to provide valuable content. We've, we saw a need in the, the industry um, and wanted to provide content and create a community uh, for people that were interested in the same things. Um, long term, um, we do want to make income from it. We do want to make money. Um, that's that's the vision. Um, but we're not in a rush to do that. And and that's one of the the benefits of doing a side hustle like this is we can cultivate this business, cultivate this brand, and not be desperate to try to make money um, through whatever means. But the long term vision is just just to grow the Modern Acre to be as as big as possible. Um, and with that, you know, we can earn revenue from a, a number of different ways, um, you know, podcast advertising, as I'm sure you're familiar, but something we're interested in is consulting um, with either ad tech companies or, or farmers that are trying to do things um, innovative in their in their businesses. Um, and there's 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 another a number of other uh, ways that we can we can grow the business. But those are just a few that come to mind. If you guys want, let's kind of talk about the future of agriculture. It's something I, re I really like talking about, like hydroponics and stuff like that. Where do you see, where do you see the ag industry as a whole kind of going in the next 10, 15, 20 years? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, Tyler and I are both based in California. So we see, see a lot of challenges uh, regarding labor and water. So those, those definitely come to mind. I think, as we mentioned, we, th we see direct to consumer becoming more and more important. So I would say in five to 10 years, more growers, getting directly in, into consumers' pockets directly and bypassing traditional channels. We see see that happening. And then also on the, on the labor front, more robotics companies getting involved with, with harvesting, process, processing, and packing. Yeah, another thing I would add to that is just um, the localization of the food system. I think uh, what we're seeing is 
consumers are more interested than ever in where their food is coming from and how it's being grown. Uh, so I think, you know, even things like um, vertical farming, um, the the vision behind it is localizing agriculture to urban areas in that in that instance specifically. Um, so that's another trend that I think is going to I- increase, which I think is a good opportunity for farmers and even small farmers uh, because people want to buy local. They want to buy and know where their food is coming from. So I see that um, being a significant trend as well. Yeah, I think urban agriculture is going to be a huge thing because, I mean, you've got huge populations in New York, of course, California, Texas, all these big cities just keep on growing. Well, a lot of people don't know you can have those, like the greenhouse containers or the shipping containers, greenhouses on top of skyscrapers, hydroponics, aquaponics. Like there's a system where it could all work perfectly. And I think Elon Musk's brother, I can't remember his name, but he's starting some business to where they're buying shipping containers, putting hydroponic units in it and setting them up on buildings or in giant vacant lots. So that it's really cool that kind of urban agriculture is kind of starting to slowly kind of snowball and have a bigger impact around around the country. We, we've actually had a couple couple episodes related to that space, and we've had uh, Tobias Pegzon, who's the co-founder of Square Roots Grow, which is uh, the company that Kimball Musk is involved with. Oh, that's super cool. I have to go back and listen to that one. Um, I keep seeing all this stuff on Facebook, like you know, all these random videos while you're scrolling. Um, one of them was a Roomba for your backyard garden that would go around and pick up weeds. And another one I saw on Facebook was a really tall weed picking robot that had solar panels on it. And it looked really cool because it was just this very delicate looking structure and it would just roam around a field and pick weeds all day long. So I, I, like y'all were saying, I think robotics is definitely something that would definitely be in the future of agriculture and help drive costs down, help with wages. So that's, that'd be really cool. Uh, what do you guys think about 3D printed foods? I mean, right now we've got, like, you can 3D print chocolate, but I heard a friend of mine talking a few a few years ago that he was saying, imagine when we're, like, 50 or 60, you want a filet mignon and you don't have a store nearby, you just 3D print it. What do you guys think the future of 3D printed food could be? I know it's kind of, like, off the cuff, but what do you think? I'm just imagining what my dad's response would be to that question. <laughs> um, <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's. Uh, I haven't heard much about uh, 3D printed food. Um, I like the idea of uh, plants growing, either even whether it's conventionally or hydroponics. But uh, I, I, that's one we're gonna have to look into. Maybe we're gonna have to some, have someone on the podcast who uh, knows it better than I do. Hey, there you go. Yeah, and, and I totally agree. Like, I like it when the food is actually grown and you sort of just printing it out because. You guys have probably heard of heard about it. It's the Impossible Burger, which was, I think, made in a lab, and it's all out of plant-based. But there's something about taking something out of a Petri dish, putting it on a grill, and then putting that on a bun and eating it. I still just can't, really can't get over the fact that you're going to eat something that literally just came out of a Petri dish. You know, future's a weird place. So last question, where do you see the farmer-consumer relationship? Like, what are some things that farmers can better do to inform consumers, and what are some things that consumers can do to kind of research where their food comes from?
Hey everyone, we're trying to make things easier for you to listen to the podcast. We are now a part of the Waypoint Outdoor Collective, and that means you can now find us on an additional platform. We're now available on the Waypoint app on your Apple TV, Roku, or Amazon Fire Stick, smart TVs like Samsung, and even game systems. While you're on there, check out over 2,500 of the best hunting and fishing shows and short films. Download the app and watch and listen anywhere. Brave anglers search for the one they call king, but who will take his throne? Tune in to Waypoint TV's Battle for Silver, Saturday, May 18th from 12 to 6 p.m. Eastern. Presented by Abyss Battery, Waypoint TV.